They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hello, everybody, and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. Uh, today, I have a good friend from Cinema Obscura, John Davies on, and as Hi. part three of End of the World Month, we are talking about the zombie apocalypse, the most uh, popular euphemism when it comes to the coronavirus. And uh, when it comes to those movies, you can't talk about zombie apocalypse films without starting with the granddaddy of all zombie apocalypse films, Night of the Living Dead. And then after Night of the Living Dead, we will talk about the uh, film that sort of revitalizes genre 28 days later. So starting with the Night of the Living Dead, uh, I know you just watched it this morning. Uh, What are your thoughts on uh, that movie? How long has it been since you've last seen it? I probably, I, hi, Mike, how you doing? <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. You know, it's, 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 it's just a classic in the way that it was put together. You know, black and white, obviously, kind of dates it as you, as if you will, but dude, it's, 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 that's a fun, fun movie. I almost swore right there. Sorry. <laughs> you can swear all you fucking want. Oh, sweet. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, now I know, and I'll let the, I'll let the F-bombs flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, we run a uh, we run an uncensored operation here. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny with the black and white with that movie because uh, I thought the black and white kind of added sort of this low budget, gritty realism to the movie that sort of made it look quite believable for its time more so than like a lot of the dead sequels you know like if you look at something like dawn of the dead or day of the dead they kind of come off like uh the these funny parodies and they work in their own way you know dawn of the dead might be just as good as night of the living dead uh just in a completely different way where it's sort of a whimsical uh uh, statement on consumerism and uh, how how Americans are just obsessed with buying everything. Where Night of the Living Dead, uh, that was a movie where the real monster wasn't necessarily the zombies in that film, but people. Because yeah. once all the stakes were down, everyone really turned on each other. Cooper. Uh, yeah. Oh God. Jerk, dude. He's such a jerk. Oh uh, yeah, of course, of course you have yeah the the bald asshole in that movie. <laughs> I, you always sorry, uh, my apology to bald people. You're not assholes, uh, but that guy in the movie was. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean yeah, I mean that movie sort of set up the precedent for sort of like all of the uh, stock characters, all the stock settings. Yeah, we all have all this all the scenes like it's just it's been repeated over and over and over so much that you know you go back and watch the original and you're just like man to be in that era sitting in the theater watching this movie at that time had to be mind-blowing dude seriously it's nothing like this was out there now it's just you know what i'm saying it's just been like rehashed so much yeah it's you know it's just ridiculous but at the time it's just such a weird concept 
you know, and then they, they throw like space in there, you know, they're like, oh, you know, it's like radiation. It's weird. It's like, what the hell? Zombies from space <laughs> and like it's controlling their brains and like it's barely explained, but it's barely explained over and over again, <laughs> you know, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I guess <laughs> like people did like expect for years uh, that, oh, it was radiation that causes, they mentioned the movie, then Romero said nobody really knows what caused it. Yeah. And when the film initially came out, you know, people would have strokes or heart attacks when they saw it. You know, mm-hmm. like, like it was sort of the same thing when The Exorcist came out. Like people, it's so weird. It's like the, I don't know. It's it's like the, it's like the Orson Welles of his time. You know, just taking the audience by the throat and being like, "Here's this thing." You know, <laughs> I'm gonna freak you out for a little while. <laughs> yeah, and and, and I'm the, the the most shocking thing about that movie is uh, it doesn't hold back. Even by today's standards, mm-hmm. nobody is safe. You know, uh, the movie, I mean, not only does it kill everyone in the cast, I'm sorry, spoilers, but the film came out in 1968. Yeah, so. no spoilers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, they, they uh, kill the main character. They kill uh, the helpless girl that, they they kill Cooper the asshole or is that is that yeah that's Cooper right that the bald yeah. guy yeah. Uh, yeah everybody everybody yeah. ends up the little girl dies the sick little girl turns into a zombie yeah eats her mother no stabs her mother to death and then she gets shot and then uh, the way they kill the uh, black guy in the end always made me think like you know it was sort of a euphemism in the end when. Uh, all of this sort of authoritarian uh, hillbillies, you know, who are in love with their rifles finally get to take over America yeah. again. It felt like yeah. as it felt like an alternate history as if what if the South won the civil war and mm-hmm. that, that, you know, when, when they, when they, uh, when they shoot Ben at the end of the movie, it's like, did they really shoot him because he was a zombie or did they shoot him because he was a black guy? And, you know, it was just an excuse to shoot him. The dialogue shows, the dialogue tells you that they were just shooting they were just cleaning up. They just thought he was a dead guy. But it's like, if you're like, if you're like peeking out the window or through the crack of the thing and you like see a dude pointing, like say something, bro. Like seriously, speak up, (laughs) you know, don't get shot in the forehead. Yeah, he's like, he hey, you know, I'm cool. You know, the zombies aren't going to say, "Hey, yo, I'm cool." They're not going to say that. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe you don't get shot in the head if you're, you know, that that's the that's one of the weird things, one of the few weird things that I come around. It's like, why didn't he just like, you know? But then you know, it is like on the same instant, it's like you're, where it's 2020, so it's like we have these Get Out moments in these old movies. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, oh shit, what's going to happen? So a gang of white people finds this black dude. You know, in this house, surrounded by other white, dead white people, what are they going to do? Of course, but you know, the, the dialogue kind of covers up for that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if they couldn't directly allude to, or the uh, 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 Romero didn't want to directly allude to sort of the racism, because it really yeah. did feel like the rise of the South. In yeah, a way. really, really like light on the racism, but heavy, heavy on the sexism. This movie, holy smokes! Oh my god, yeah. I, could, I couldn't like, I almost couldn't like stomach it. But his most recent time through, you know, Cooper's like, he's like, "What are we gonna do? There's only three of us." You know, talking about the three men in the house full of eight people. It's like, "There's only three of us. What are we gonna do?" It's like, "Come on, dude. You, there's eight people that can help." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, 
But the, no, the woman used to stay there and be helpless. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is catatonic and she can't do anything. It's like, yeah, I get that, but. Yeah. Like, why don't you, why don't you fight? Give her a fucking gun, you know, do something. And I guess Romero actually expressed uh, a little bit of regret in how he portrayed some of the characters. He uh, expressed some regret in how he portrayed uh, Ben sort of like as this angry black guy. I mean, that was one of the first movies where the black man was uh, sort of this heroic uh, Mm -hmm. figure. Or uh, someone who took charge of the entire situation, you know, in, in that instance, you know, the black guy would have been like, oh, what's he's going to do, you know, sort of yeah. thing. And, and he wasn't really like angry in the beginning. He was just like no. scared and found the girl and was like, oh, shit, you know, we got to hide. Hold on a second. Yeah. And that's one of those like get out moments for the crowd at the time is like, I keep calling it a get out moment because it's 2020 <laughs> and that movie affected me in ways that no other movie before that did. But anyway, it's like. You know, she just like runs into this black dude. It's out in the middle of nowhere. It's like, oh shit! You know, if I was in the audience at that time, yeah, you, know, you got your you got your racist background or whatever. <laughs> You're just like, oh man, that's scary. But yeah. now it's just like, oh shit! It's just like a dude, and he's also scared. You know, and he's made angry through the movie because Cooper just keeps fucking him. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> you know? god. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cooper. I mean, uh, I mean, like, if you just talk about the moment when uh, he's left outside. They're trying to refill the uh, the van filled with gasoline, but mm-hmm. they put the torch down. Uh, I think Ben does, and then uh, the the younger guy with him, you know, sort of the football looking guy, you know, yeah. he, he like an idiot, you know, he pours the gasoline <laughs> all over the fucking uh, the, the torch. I'm just thinking, why are you putting the torch down there when you're pouring gas? Oh God! Yeah, well, then, I mean, it was the, it was the first humans first encounter with the walking dead ever (laughs) yes yeah it was like uh, you know they made some missteps but they did figure out that fire worked pretty quickly which is nice yeah but still gasoline and fire zombie or not zombie i don't think you'd want to ever have a torch near i like would you go into a gas station and light a cigarette you know (laughs) he shoots the pump to get the lock off that is like yeah brilliant brilliant couple of seconds in cinematography i've ever seen <laughs> he's like hold on a second he takes a fucking the rifle and he just shoots the lock off the gas pump it's a gas pump yeah <laughs> it's like that's gonna explode dude what the fuck are you doing <laughs> right? like every other zombie movie since then the gas pump explodes when somebody does some dumb shit like that because people are like oh you know what <laughs> you can't get away with that nope and of course yeah uh and yeah when you talk about sort of the damsel in distress uh, uh, there's that one girl in the, and, and, uh, Tom, right? Yeah. He tries to, he tries to rescue Judy from the car. And, uh, of course that's when the whole car goes up in flames. You know, she's yeah. like, I can't, I'm stuck. Help me. And yeah. And then of course you have Barbara who, as you said, is pretty much catatonic. You know, she's just, I don't know what to do. I'm going to sit here. I I'm, I'm scared the whole time. I'm yeah. totally helpless. <laughs> For like 20 seconds, she's like able to handle like holding wood up so the dude can nail. But it's like, it's like hold on to that, you know, hold yeah. on to that strength for a little bit longer and don't like go nuts. Yeah. You know, I know you just saw your, your brother get killed by some weird dude and you know, there's crazy stuff happening. You yeah. lost your shoes and all, but come on. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but she was yeah, giving the- new shoes and she still didn't put them on. Yeah. 
damn hippie. <laughs> I think, uh, like one of one of the greatest things about this is like it sets up the dead as like still having memories and able to function immediately. Like the mm-hmm. first guy that attacks him is like trying to open the car door, like as like a regular human. Yeah. And he's like using a rock to bash the so they're not like mindless. They're just like they're just like, you know, driven by hunger or whatever it is. Well the which sets a, which sets up for like Land of the Dead and like the, the future of the series or whatnot. It's just like that's just an amazing concept, you know, that they can remember parts of their humanity, which other like other zombie tales, it's like, no, you're just, you know, you're just a walking chunk of meat trying to get fed. But these things like can remember stuff, which is yeah. built on throughout the series, which is awesome. Yeah, they did do that. Uh, I think progressively they became more and more intelligent. It's like their brains or lack thereof, who knows, was beginning to redevelop. And yeah, yeah by Land of the Dead, that was sort of the whole concept was that they were starting to uh, evolve in a way. Yeah. And that the, uh, yeah, that. I did kind of think that when I when I rewatched this movie, like there's some facial expressions, especially from the first guy, where it's like, no, there's still a little bit of panic in their face. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of recognition yeah, when you look into there. their eyes. Yeah. yeah, it's not like the like the Walking Dead or 28 Weeks Later that we're going to be talking about later, where it's just like the person that you know is gone. Like there's like a, there's like a hint that like there might be somebody in there with these movies. I mean, they're still like ravenous creatures that want to tear you apart and eat you but (laughs) yeah like like they have memories you know maybe we can save them which you know was worked on in the following movies which is amazing that they did all that yeah just just a lot of a lot of crazy ass concepts for the time it's like watching it now it's kind of mind-blowing honestly yeah i uh oh yeah I, I heard that our, uh, from my research initially, uh, Judith Odia, who was going to play Barbara, uh, Barbara her character uh, was originally supposed to be a strong, independent woman. And then she was sort of made this catatonic, helpless thing later on. And then uh, I guess it was specifically sort of like the moment where we're highlighting that Ben was a little too angry is like when he slapped Barbara to, you know, kind of knock some sense into her when she was kind of losing her mind. And, uh, yeah, I guess because of that, you know, the racism was still, well, it still runs rampant today, but mm. I guess it was even more open in the sixties than it is now, shockingly enough. Uh, and because he was kind of like this angry character, uh, Dwayne Jones, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he he experienced sort of this insurmountable amount of racism after after this movie. Uh, yeah, that he couldn't shake. Uh, whenever Romero had talk about him, he would kind of like break up in tears, and it would be difficult for him to reminisce about the guy. I gotta see hell, Roma. Oh, I've been Thanks. I'm infected. No, uh, no. <laughs> Cut. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, um, he, yeah, he would experience all these sort of horrible things. And that, that was kind of reflective of what society was like and what Romero was saying in that movie. Uh, in a lot of ways, he was so ahead of his time. But yeah, every single plot element is repeated 
today. You know, everyone's stuck in one place. They're trying to figure out a way to get out. They're, uh, you know, you have every character. You have the scared woman. You have the 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 racist, mean, old asshole. You know, which is which is Harry Cooper. Um, you have the sick little kid. You have. Uh, uh, sort of like the, the 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 girlfriend of the boyfriend pair who want to get together and they don't know. Yeah. I like a lot of this stuff was really specifically kind the, of mixed the overly together. masculine asshole that won't listen to anything. Yeah, <laughs> even though his wife and everybody around him is making perfect sense. Yeah, he just oh, like I just his. Wanna, I just want to stay in the basement because it's safe. And you know, dude, you're you're an idiot. Yeah, should have shot you immediately. Which now that you know we've seen all these movies and. If we ever get into that situation, Mike, don't like, don't start questioning shit right off the bat. Just be cool, or you're gonna get shot immediately. I'm not fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've learned that when it comes to the zombie apocalypse, um, <clears throat> myself, I thought I'd always be like the first person to die. You know, mm-hmm. now with this whole coronavirus thing going on, I realize like I'm actually being careful, thinking about everything that I'm doing. And I'm looking around, and I think all of us are. We're kind of seeing all the people who would be dumb and who would die right away. You know, all pretty the much, people. yeah, yeah. Like you're seeing the- like all the all the scenes in all those movies, like The Stand or whatever. Like you see the churches and like the government buildings, like full of people, but they're you know they're full of corpses. Like that's cool. You go go ahead and congregate, get together, and die together. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> those, of, those of us, the, the wanderers, the nomads, those of us that are left behind are going to be avoiding those areas, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it was like there, there was this great thing that you put on your on your Cinema Obscura show that I saw on uh, Facebook that you put on where everyone's in the beach, you're playing the scary music, and then you cut to death. <laughs> it's like oh, those yeah. are the people who are going to... Uh, to 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 go immediately like i'll still go in public areas but i keep my distance from people i put on my mask i walk six feet apart although i have people who will walk directly towards me i'm like no for, i i've had to tell people like uh-uh keep your distance from me yeah. and i've had people be like oh they're gonna get you sick i'm like yeah that's what they all say in the movies and then they do mm-hmm. but well yeah, one no. one thing that was really heartbreaking that movie was cooper was right about everyone being safe in the cellar uh you would have been safe for a short amount of time they did survive though in the they end should, though, they should have been there. like like smarter about the truck and not set the truck on fire that would have been yeah. a sweet like that would have been a sweet move you know yeah <laughs> you, know, you know note to self when in a zombie apocalypse, don't set the truck on fire. That's going to get you away from it. It's like, come on, you guys. <laughs> now, was that was that uh, uh, was that Tom who did that? Was he the one who? No, they were both responsible because Ben he shot they, the lock he, on it, and Tom he he poured the gasoline on the torch while it was going, and then Ben had to tell Tom, "Watch out for the torch." Yeah, and then. It Watch out for the up. torch that I put right next. I put down right next to the gas pump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. God. Help, help, help us out. Help us care about you just a little bit more. So, oh, you yeah. know, when he gets shot at the end, you're like, eh, you know what? You're kind of a dumbass sometimes. Yeah. You made it. You made it for an hour and a half. Good job. 
He did make it at the end. That was something opposite that a lot of horror movies do. Every horror movie, the black guy dies in the beginning. Here, the black guy died in the end. Yeah. But, yeah, like every situation has has been replicated from Night of the Living Dead, I, which, which is insane. You know, you would think even today that like, they would come up with something else, something different. But they did it. Uh, I, 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 despite that being like one of the most profitable independent movies that ever came out, uh, Romero made barely any money off of it. A deal to uh, due to a botched deal he had with the distributor. So they basically made all the money and he, he made out with nothing, which is kind of why he remained sort of this independent filmmaker throughout the rest of his career. Uh, let's see if I, if I uh, read this correctly, the movie was made for $114,000 at the time. So that's equivalent to 847,420. It grossed so pretty good. It grossed $30 million. Uh, so that's $223.6 million in 2020. Uh, so that's 263 times its budget. Wow. <laughs> he could have been set for life. He could have just made that one film and then do whatever he wanted. You know, could have gotten out of Pittsburgh. But I think he likes Pittsburgh. Uh, but, I think he likes making movies and making movies the way that he wanted to. He did, yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess the character of Ben was originally supposed to be a crude, resourceful truck driver. Uh, and there was no specification of his race, but uh, I guess uh, the, uh, I don't know how to, if you pronounce it, Dwayne or Dwan. It's like D-U-A-N-E. Uh <laughs> And yes, Dwayne. Yeah, he was a self-serious uh, academic uh, who auditioned for the part, and uh, Romero rewrote the performance for him. And of course, all this, though this was a zombie movie, they never really used the word zombie in it. You know, they called him ghouls, no. living yeah. dead, stuff like that. I don't think there was a term for zombie. Did they have the idea for zombies before this film? Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, zombies hmm. exist. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do today. They wear red hats. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. It was an amazing movie. Um, there's a lot of trivia, a lot of fascinating stuff with it. I mean, Tom Savini. If nobody knows who he is, uh, he was. You know, he is the guy who does the makeup for like every horror film. He ended up doing the makeup I thought of the dead and all that. He actually directed the sequel or the, I should say the remake to night of the living dead where he actually made Barbara a tough protagonist as she originally was supposed to be. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd never seen the 1990 remake, but once I heard that Tom Savini did it, I'm like, Oh, maybe it's actually pretty good. So, you know, uh, initially I wrote it off, but maybe I shouldn't have. You know, never, never judge anything before you see it. Uh, I don't know. But Night of the Living Dead, uh, certainly a movie that is relevant today. And now more than ever, Jesus Christ. I and mean, it holds up. It's, it's okay. such a fun ride still. You know, yeah. 30, 40 years later, 70 years, 90 years later, whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, th th think about how shocking that film must have been. 
that that's a movie that came out like right before the MPAA was established. So you had all this horrible, grisly violence on screen and like little kids could come in and, and see the film and not know what they were coming into. You know, they could see a bunch of zombies fighting over somebody's guts and yeah. eating other people and, you know, all this stuff. And yeah, that, it's still a pretty fucking gruesome movie today. You know, oh, it's great with the entrails and the, yeah, it's, Oh yeah, pretty solid. It's 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 absolutely uh, you know, and in, in a lot of ways that movie's still pretty terrible. Like initially, I didn't think it was scary. You know, when you see that first corpse of that guy in a graveyard, especially since it was filmed in black and white, and they just made everybody's faces a little more white. You can't even tell mm-hmm. that there's makeup on them. It just kind of looks like a bunch of people making goofy faces, except for like some of the more. Uh, sort of decomposed living corpses you couldn't really they just looked like a bunch of people with sloppy clothes on oh yeah, yeah. And it was also like one of those movies that had some very early nudity in it there's that one naked zombie walk around with like her ass and titties hanging out and it's like imagine a little kid walking into that although <laughs> i would argue that uh, seeing people getting shot and ripped apart and stabbed is far worse than you know seeing some some genitalia that we all have, but that's uh that's a, a an entirely different sort of discussion. <laughs> Hello. But then when we move on from Night of the Living Dead, we got sort of 28 Days Later, which was this movie that it was wildly popular when it came out. But I still think it was kind of those movies that people didn't appreciate how ahead of its time it was when released. Um Because this was a movie, I didn't realize it until I watched a lot of behind-the-scenes material after I finished the film last night. Uh, This movie was based on the potential risk of infectious diseases coming out, of potential pandemics. And everybody in the the behind-the-scenes video on the DVD were saying that uh, a pandemic was on the way. And we weren't prepared and it's going to come. And now here it is. And the movie, originally that movie was based on stuff like man cow disease, foot and mouth disease, all this other stuff. Uh, But COVID was the big one that they were really kind of, I guess, alluding to. And now that this happened, so much of that imagery from the film is is shockingly accurate you know uh you have that 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 big scene where jim killian murphy wakes up from the hospital and the entire street is empty and i remember immediately when covid started i i was just thinking of that opening scene in 28 days later when i saw all those empty streets in the middle of London and Manchester, 
You know what, Manchester? I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Uh, in the middle of London, and 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 there there was no people around. And I'm just thinking, God, this is just like 28 days later. And of course, that movie came out in 2002, and there was that big billboard in the uh, in that large sequence where you see all the people's uh, uh, pictures saying this person is missing. I uh, I don't know where this is. Or I don't know where that person is. And they zoom in on the little boy in the end. And Danny Boyle, when they filmed that, that was before 9-11. And they didn't know. It, it, he said he would have changed the way he shot it, you know, post 9-11. You know, if he knew it was going to be so reminiscent. But a lot of his uh, photography or his imagery from those uh, uh, from, from that film were based on uh, for war photographs that he saw. Uh you know, of people being piled up in corpses uh, and, and photographs he saw from people dying from massive pandemics and things of that nature. So it was all based on things that were already happening in the world. And this movie really kind of modernized what uh, if Night of the Living Dead kind of was symbolically what it would look like if we had a zombie apocalypse. 28 Days Later was realistically what would that look like? Mm-hmm. And how on the money that movie is is uh, pretty chilling. Uh, well, what were your thoughts on it? Oh man, it was. I mean, like you said earlier in the beginning of the show, it it definitely reinvigorated the quote unquote zombie era. You know, there yeah. wasn't really anything like this. You know, Walking Dead wise, anything like that mm. before this came out. You know. So yeah. bringing, bringing life back to that era. But, yeah, I mean, the performances were amazing. The use of, like, music in that movie was, like, astonishing, honestly. It just, like, drew you in and, like, freaked you out all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. John Murphy's score uh, sort of coupled with uh, 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 Danny Boyle's visceral style. It really kind of he, – he, he has this sort of uh, – independent in your face uh sort of energy to his films you know you kind of feel like you're going into an indie concert a little bit you know (laughs) i mean his last movie was about you know what would happen if if the beatles didn't exist and some guy like got all their music and and created himself you know like you know this this is kind of a guy who who likes to party and is kind of a free spirit and you certainly see that. Uh, one way 28 Days Later vastly differs from uh, uh, Night of the Living Dead is Night of the Living Dead is very much like a nihilistic type of picture. You know, you see the worst in humanity and how we all fail and how we die. Where 28 Days Later is uh, it's a much more optimistic, hopeful sort of ending. You know, you like all, despite all the sort of atrocities that humanity uh, created by creating this rage virus, by having this military base that essentially tried to lure women into repopulate the earth. Uh, You still had the unit of family in that picture. You know, you still had uh, Jim, Selena and Hannah working together as a family. And of course, Frank as well. And it was about how, as uh, 
uh, human race will pull together despite uh, being placed amongst uh, the calamity of such horrible, advantageous times. Um, and of course, you know, the ending they changed like a million times, you know, and, and they yeah. finally uh, 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 sort of fixated on the one where they get picked up by the jet. And despite all of the struggles that they went through, you know, there's a little bit of glimmer of hope in the end. And that, that, that was sort of the thing. It, it was like that living dead with heart. Yeah, it was, I mean, it, it was everything you're saying, but like when they do meet up with the, the army dudes, Mm-hmm. That that whole that whole scene that whole sequence that thirty thirty five minutes or whatever that is is just heart wrenching, dude. Seriously, yeah. You know, once once the shit hits the fan with that sequence, it's just it's just unreal. And oh my goodness, Eccleston is so good. He is he, he's <laughs> such an overlooked actor too. Or yeah. like he he's apparently incredibly popular in the UK. I think, and mm-hmm. he was the first Doctor Who. Uh, but yeah, he, he's sort of a chameleon. He was also in the uh, leftovers and, and he's totally different. Like you can't like, uh, aside from his physical appearance, he's, he's, you could, he's never the same in a role. You know, he seems to be totally different. Uh, and yeah, his, his character, uh, major Henry West, uh, he, he, he's kind of, he's very alluring. He brings you into what he wants to do. You know, he wants to help you out. He wants to find a cure to infection. And where you kind of have everyone else in this military base who are sort of just like a bunch of these dumb meatheads, you know, who who are hopped up on testosterone, you know, you you sort of have, uh, you you have Eccleston's character who sort of brings calm to the situation amongst everybody. I mean, he tried to. <laughs> yeah, he tried, uh, but he still had monstrous intentions, which yeah. you know he promised them women. And yeah, it was it was it was just horrible. That whole scene was just horrible, horrible, horrible. Seriously. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's it's hard to talk about and hard to think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean. But it is, and he kind of had this horror in a way, like, I don't know. There's this horrible thought in my head where it's like, was he a little right? Did we need to repopulate the earth? Not in terms of like all the soldiers going around and, you know, raping Selena, but like, what if Killian Murphy's character, Jim and, and uh, Naomi Harris's character, Selena actually fell in love and had a child. Then that child had a child. They could repopulate the earth. But uh, uh, Major West's uh, version of having it was completely wrong, you know, oh, yeah. by having basically an enormous gangbang, you know, on Selena and 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 Hannah, who's just this little girl, you know, is disgusting, you know. Like I understand what his intentions were, but the the methods were were immoral to say the least. Uh, the but it's funny when that movie I was reading Roger Ebert's review to it, and he initially, uh, well, not initially, I don't think he changed his mind on it. He did. He thought the whole third act of the military base was the weakest part, and. Honestly, to me, when I first saw the movie for a long time, I thought that was the weakest act. 
you know, mm. now as time has gone on, I think that's the strongest act because th- that is sort of uh, uh, just like Night of the Living Dead. That's the rise of authoritarianism. It's all the guys with the rifles who are hopped up on testosterone who yeah. are going to be. Well, that that, that kind of like it just like slaps you in the face with like a little dose of reality. Like they were kind of having fun. Yeah. You know, the end of the world is like a blast for a little while. You know, they're just, you know, eating too much sugar and, you know, not being able to handle it and doing whatever they want. And then, oh, shit, they run into humanity, which is still fucking monstrous. And yes. Horrible for them. And they fight their way through it. You know, they literally have to kill the, the only humans that were there to quote unquote could have saved them. You know, they weren't complete dicks about it, but <laughs> like, fuck, dude, like I, there's absolutely nothing that you can do. <laughs> like the shittiness of humanity is going to be here no matter what pandemic mm-hmm. you know this bullshit whatever yeah no matter it's like you're always going to have your good people and your bad people and right now we're seeing the bad people win you know everyone's ulterior motives are taking hold of what's actually going to benefit the greater good you know, and all of these movies that they, they, they all happen because nobody listens to science. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at the beginning of 28 Days Later, they, 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 you had these animal rights activists who wanted to free these monkeys because they thought they were doing the right thing. And you had this doctor there who's telling them, don't release that monkey. He's been infected with this horrible disease and it's going to spread but they didn't care they wanted to get the monkey out they were being selfish you know they were trying to show how they were morally above everyone and you know it bit them in the ass uh literally and figuratively and then doomed the whole world and it's like that's what happens when you don't listen to scientists and yeah (laughs) that's what happened there uh I mean, and think about the imagery. Uh, what do you think of the imagery of that film? Oh, it's. I mean, you were you were just touching on it earlier with the empty streets, yeah, and whatnot. For them to actually be able to do that, you know, talk London into, you know, <laughs> you know clearing the streets. That I mean, that had to be, you know, quite the phone call because that because that you know that that wasn't CGI. They were actually able to figure that out. It it really well the, the 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 advantage to that was that they that this was like one of the very first films to be shot entirely digitally, yeah. and and the digital canvas really worked. And so I mean now digital is the new standard instead of film, uh, you know which I'm sure Christopher Nolan loves, and with digital they were able to place the camera in these the these places that you could never place film they were able to roll with so many different angles that you couldn't with film because it was cost effective and it was easier to rig the camera because it wasn't so heavy and you could just roll and roll and roll and roll and this was a big deal back in those days and the movie looked gritty the image looked like shit but that was kind of the idea it's almost like you were looking at newsreel slash documentary footage of 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 a real life pandemic and yeah it brought it brought a lot of realism to it with mm-hmm. the with the graininess and just the 
the disclarity. I don't know what the word is for it, but it was just like, it was just like a weird feel to it. The, those, that opening sequence, especially when he's walking around by himself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Essentially because they filmed digitally, they were able to close the streets off for about like 10 minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. so they could quit. So they had to quickly grab the shot. They closed down for like 10 minutes. They had 10 cameras and they just fucking rolled, you know, and they got the scene. And that's how they and that's how they were able to pull that off. You know, if they did that with film, they never would have been able to to get that sequence uh, 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 down at all. Uh, but because they were able to do that, they, they, they were incredibly fortunate, and they and they grabbed what was which is which is quite a legendary scene. I mean, seventeen years later, we're still remembering that sequence. Uh, and yeah, I, I, and that was that. Of course, that's no easy task. Those are extremely busy streets. They had a lot of people who were going out to nightclubs at that time, and you, they kind of got a, like a lot of pissed off clubbers, you know, who who wanted to go out and party. Uh, but then there were like a lot of people on the street who were, who were actually kind of very happy to stop their cars and assist in in, in the filming of that scene. Uh, yeah, oh, this yeah, is Brit- British filmmaker. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, London. yeah, getting uh, away Danny, with shit. It's great. <laughs> Danny Boyle's uh, an Irishman, but it was filmed oh, uh, in England. So, uh, so it definitely had the British mentality to it. You know, I mean, Ireland and England, they kind of had their, their own little conflicts that we, you know, but, you know, here, you know, the, the, they were uh, municipally working together. And uh, yeah, this, this was sort of the English version of of Night of the Living Dead. Uh I really thought uh Naomi Harris's character Selena uh was interesting. She was sort of like a mixture of Barbara and Ben from Night of the Living Dead, where mm-hmm. you have a female character who's black, but she's a strong black protagonist mm-hmm. who has a uh side of vulnerability to her and she had the most fascinating character arc you know more so than jim i thought jim took everything very well in the movie you know he wakes up from this horrible zombie apocalypse his parents are dead you know they swallowed these pills off themselves the entire streets are empty you could die at any second and and he's just kind of being optimistic about the whole thing like oh well you know i guess i'll just adjust like really Okay. Um, meanwhile, uh, Selena is kind of a, an emotional wreck. You know, she, she doesn't trust anybody. She'll kill you in less than a heartbeat. And there's a whole backstory to her that they established, but it wasn't in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was between Danny Boyle and Naomi Harris, which is that Selena, she, her, her uh, mother and father were uh, were infected, and in order to protect her brother from getting infected, she killed them. And then it turned out that her brother was infected anyway, so she had to kill him oh, as wow. well. Yeah, and that's kind of why she was shaping up into sort of this untrusting warrior. But as the movie progresses, we see that she actually has this beautiful. Um, sort of uh, 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 
optimistic, happy side to her, like this other person that once existed that starts to resurface once she sort of sees how people can function as a unit, as a family again. Uh, but of course, a lot of that's challenged, you know, when they, when, when Frank gets the drop of blood in his eye from the corpse that the crow is uh, sort of digging out from, and then they're thrown into the military base. The little girl doesn't have her father anymore. She has to cope like everyone else has to fucking cope. And the entire, you know, and then it just reminds her again, like of what happened with her family. Like, well, now yeah. it's like someone else without a family, just like me. Uh, and I think it's a, it's right there when she realizes that, you know, that she's, she was the leader the whole time, but she's like, oh, okay, you know, we met Frank and Hannah, so I, I don't have to be the leader anymore. I can just like back off and, you know, just support, you know, which is cool, you know, in a zombie apocalypse situation, you don't want to be the leader, man. That's not awesome. <laughs> no. You don't want that thrust on you, which it was in the beginning. Like she saved Jim mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning, you know. But once Frank leaves, it's like, oh shit, you know. Okay, let's 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 turn it up a notch. Yeah, that's when it's like, oh, that's right, everything is fucked, and then, you know, Jim has to uh, sort of reassure her that it's not all fucked. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's still hope, and uh, I think Jim's character arc was more or less that he sort of becomes the monster. You know, in a way, he become once they take him out to execute him when he tries to evacuate the base, when he realizes what the ulterior motive is to these to, to these soldiers, uh, you know, he he he, he ends uh, uh, he he, uh, he he escapes being executed. And I think all of the pain and frustration that it kind of bottled up within himself came forth sort of like this rage that these zombies felt and he he and i mean he became like this badass one man army and just slaughtered the shit out of all those soldiers like he became fucking john rambo instantly (laughs) like you know he's running around with a crowbar and smashing one guy's skull in he's eye gouging the other guy and 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 when he approaches Hannah to kiss her or embrace her, he kind of has this moment like, if she does kill me, I'm okay with that because I kind of became this horrible being that, you know, we're all trying to kill, so maybe I deserve to die. And it's just a yeah, little he, second of it. It's a little hint. Well, he, he, like, he, like, literally had to become the rage that, like, everybody was fighting in order to get through this one situation where these – these guys were being assholes. So he's just like, uh, you know, I'm just going to morph into this fucking animal and destroy everybody. And then yeah. she's like, she's like seconds away from murdering him. Yeah. And just like, yeah, the look in, you know, the back and forth look in their eyes is just like, I don't know what happens in those two seconds, but she's like, okay, I'm not going to kill you. Let's, you know, can you come back from this? Yeah. <laughs> like, let's make out like, with yeah. blood all over it's like, us. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm cool. It's cool. I'm here. Yeah, let's make that. And how do you, you know, that he's got blood all over him and he still doesn't get infected, but (laughs) that's what I was wondering. I'm like, they're smearing it in each other's mouths. I got, (laughs) well, I guess it was non infected blood. I I guess, guess, uh, but still, like, like, can you just wipe the schmutz off before, you know, (laughs) slobbering all over her? 
Oh, God. And making, like we haven't said it yet, making the, the zombies or the rage infected, making them super fast, mm. that had never happened before, this movie. We didn't touch on that yet. Yes. That, that, that was like, that. that was just like an amazing, like, touch or whatever you want to call it to whoever figured that out. It's like, yeah, let's just make them run really fast straight at people. Yeah. Like, oh shit, that's terrifying. That it's like not only are they dead and they want to rip you to shreds, but they're faster than you. And stronger. And yeah. much stronger. Yeah. It's kind of and like it's like literally it, fueled by rage. It's like, what the hell, man? Who came up with this idea? Thank you so much. Yeah. Right. Uh I think it was uh, they came up with the concept of rage sort of based on uh, you know, it's a lot like Night of the Living Dead where humanity's worst instincts all kind of uh, come and collide into itself and it becomes part of this infectious disease. So like all the, you know, like when you think about any, anyone who makes you mad, any, any time you just want to kill someone, it's like all that, you just let it out. All that Mm. suppressed anger is released. And it's like, yeah, imagine just the amount of strength someone has when they're that fucking angry, when they don't hold back, you know, it's, it's like that moment in any movie where the, where the, where the jock makes fun of the weak little nerd and then the weak little nerd fights back and beats the fuck out of the jock. It's a lot like that. It snaps. Yeah. When, when Van Damme gets sand in his eyes, <laughs> that's when, you know, shit's about to hit the fan. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that you know whatever your whatever your situation is throughout your movie you know the van damme gets sand yeah. in your eyes and then he whoops some ass there's a great meme with that when it's like it said whenever you touch your face when you've been out without washing your hands and they show him without the with the sand and he's like ah <laughs> but yeah i well what, what do you think is scarier the fast zombie or the slower zombie the fast ones obviously i'm not a runner yeah yeah. I'm not a runner at all. They'll get me. I I slow, mean I mean slow zombies like I mean like a like the, the Night of the Living Dead, the Walking Dead, those guys they're yeah. they're not scary at all. And they've established in Night of the Living Dead the very first instance of these things being in our whatever zeitgeist. Yeah. Uh you know, they're afraid of fire mm. and that you can win if you have five so you're like good but something that's like running straight at you and doesn't give a shit if you yourself are on fire yeah that's i'm worried about that a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah and they just smash through fucking glass and anything i mean that that that's terrifying because you're not out riding those guys you're fucked if they come at Pretty you much you know like the slow ones are stupid. You can goof around with them. I mean, especially Dawn of the Dead. They're having fun with these guys. You know, they're driving around in a in a car, I think, in one instance and decapitating them. I don't know what it was. But they're they're just messing around with these things. Hey, you can't do that with these guys. These these guys, uh, they'll kill you. You know? <laughs> okay. I mean, they'll catch me super fast, I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be bad. Well, actually, it's not as bad. as Like, the slow ones, they slowly eat your brain, so it's more painful. The fast ones, they just kind of beat the shit out of you until you're dead. And then rip you apart. Yes, yeah. And, like, <laughs> I know in the sequel, uh, like, uh, one of them stuck with his uh, – Robert Carlyle stuck in a hospital with his wife where he gets infected. And then, like, beats her face in. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the sequel, I, I don't know. I have my feelings about it. I don't think it's that great. They kind of took uh, a leftover line from, if you remember, there's that scene where Killian Murphy is locked sort of in this underground cell or this room with this other guy, this one soldier who snapped, who kind of realizes that maybe the rest of the world is, maybe we're in quarantine and the rest of the world is okay. You know, and they, they use that line, that ambiguity that maybe the rest of the world might be okay. And although really, I think the film alludes that the whole world is infected, but they took that they took that line and ran off with it, and it's like, yeah, they're in New York, and nobody's infected, and it's fine. But then it breaks out in New York, and oh no! But it's a, but that was one great thing too. Like the isolation in Night of the Living Dead, they're just like in this little house. Here, you're in this country, and you don't know. Like, imagine if you didn't have the internet, and we had coronavirus here, and you didn't have television we would probably run around the world thinking, oh, maybe we're safe here, we're safe there. And you'd get a bunch of stupid blokes going over to New Zealand and reinfecting that place. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens in, you know, 1920 when this happened, in 1820 when this happened, mm. in 1720 when this happened, in 1621 when this happened, and every other century when this happened. That's the way it worked. Yeah. Right now, we just happen to be able to, like, see it on our little screens. Yeah. And imagine if the internet crashes, that will be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm sure they're having people work overtime to keep that from, from occurring. Uh, although I will say, with all this said, I don't think this is the end of the world. Uh, it's just a pandemic like we've had. Uh, I mean, just a pandemic. I don't mean it like I'm blowing it off, but, you know, it's a pandemic like we've had before. We'll get through it. But there was mass incompetency that caused this, that elongated it. And places that listened to science are doing all right. Now, whether that pandemic resurges or gets worse, well, we'll see. Uh, right, because uh, twenty-eight days. Well, I mean, we we won't see because they're not listening to the CDC or the WHO. So we'll have or the <laughs> WHO. I'm sorry. So we'll never know. You know we're, we are already disconnected. So it's just like <laughs> we're all know. dead. We're all screwed. We're all gonna die. That's it. Game over. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the second half of life. That's something that we look and we all know already. But it's like. God damn mm. you guys, they're fucking, you know, once, once we are all dead, whether a pandemic or not, pandemic or not, are these billionaires literally just going to trade giant piles of money with each other? Like what's, what's the fucking end game with these people? That, <laughs> that is what I would like to know. Yeah. That's the only answer that I would like, or the only question that I would like answered right now. It's like, what exactly is your end game? It's like, well, you all have billions and billions like Bezos and, you know, do douches like him <laughs> yeah once we once we the peons those of us that have built that pile of money for you once we're all gone what are you gonna do what are you gonna do they'll slowly starve to death they'll all die they're all older i don't know we'll outlive them you know once we get some uh once we get a hopefully a vaccine i mean i always think what if there is never a vaccine 
you know nobody thinks of that mm-hmm. uh maybe there but then again we'll see we got to see how this this virus develops the whole idea of the uh, title 28 days later 28 days is sort of like when a disease has fully run its course through your system and what happens after that so uh, 28 days later that was 28 days later was three and a half four months ago (laughs) yeah (laughs) like we're 28 days it's COVID 19 actually so 28 days later was nine months ago yeah when when did this pop up october october november is when this popped up so so 28 days later is like 10 months ago people could have had a baby by now some people, people have, have had, had babies. People have had babies by now. Fucking narcissists. <laughs> hey, there's a there's global warming and there's a global pandemic. Let's have a baby. That's a smart idea. It's it's alcohol. Yeah, yeah. It's alcohol. You said. Yeah. yeah, that and some people just really want to post pictures of their kids on Facebook. You know, um, that's another discussion, but mm-hmm. ah, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, the world. I'll just say what I feel. Uh, elect competent leaders who actually built the CDC office and don't collapse it again. Okay. Now your life actually does depend on it this year because we're going to die. <laughs> like, do you want to get this shit under control or do you want to run around with your fucking MAGA hats and go in beaches? All right. Get your shit together. Um, so there, that's my two cents on that. But having said that, yeah, these are these are movies that are. Uh, I could have chosen a bunch of other zombie films, but I just think like really in terms of zombie movies, it's these two that are the defining ones. Outside of that, you know, you got Dawn of the Dead, which is great, and then I think the Dead series just kind of goes on autopilot after that mm-hmm. one. I think we're Return, of the De- Return of the Living Dead series are pretty good. The first two mm. movies, it's they're pretty much just giving you the same movie back, like two different versions of the exact same movie, which is amazing. Yeah, starring the exact same two dudes, which is also <laughs> amazing. Oh my god! Uh, those, yeah, those two, the two custodian workers. It's the same dudes in both movies, and it's pretty much the mo- the same movie over and over again. But it's it's fucking fantastic, and well, I'd have to check that out. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Re- re- return, return of Living Dead. It's a fantastic series. It's fun stuff. <laughs> Get that screwdriver out of my head. <laughs> so it sounds like a comedic series. Yeah, it it is. It's it's more goofy. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely more goofy. Well, having said that, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, you can find John Davies at Cinema Obscura. That's cinema spelled with an S. All right, S I N E M A obscura o-b-s-c-u-r-a and uh that's on uh instagram on social media uh uh, instagram twitter cinema obscura is that right instagram facebook uh we have a television show right now here on on uh, chicago's very own can tv which is public (laughs) access yeah we did do live events for quite a while but we're not doing live events obviously for I don't know, probably never again, but uh, yeah, yeah. You'll have them again. Don't worry. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. Uh, folks, we'll get through this. 
Either that or I turn into a zombie. All right. <laughs> you, yeah. You can find me at you'll probably agree. Uh, that also the you'll probably agree an acronym YPA. So you can find us at ypareviews.com and you can find YPA reviews at Twitter and Instagram just type in YPA reviews on Google. We'll pop right up. Hopefully you'll probably agree. If you don't, please tell me in a very respectful way why you don't. All right. Thanks a lot. And uh, hopefully we'll see you before the end of the world. They're dead. And you're going to be next. <gasps>